Hey everybody, you listen to Cool Domain. This is Colin. This is Travis. And I'm Buggy. Alright, so it is episode 51. It is June 3rd, 2017. It's Saturday. Got lots of stuff to talk about. Um, and again, Sean's not with us because... I don't know. He's sleeping, maybe? Yeah, sucking his own dick. Probably. I know he loves to do that. Like, every day he messages me, and he's like, God, just can't get enough of this dick. So, <laughs> and that, that's what you get for not being in the episode, yeah. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> You've now made it a mature episode. Thanks. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, you did this, not us. Yeah. Our cool. sponsors are going to drop us, so no. Yeah. We just need We're gonna about lose that buck 50 Oh, oh, I okay. I was upgrading. I think two fifty. I think we've gotten to that point now. Oh, two fifty. Shit. Yeah. That's anyway, a lot we got a lot of, to lose. We got a lot to talk about. So, uh, Square Enix is breaking up with IO. Mass Effect is taking a nap. Battlegrounds is great. Alan Wake uh, is disappearing from Steam and Xbox Live. I think it might have already. This leaked Amazon listing. They announced Far Cry Five. You, there was an opportunity to get a free copy of Rising Storm. I think that's passed. Uh, and we've got a lot of other stuff. we got maybe like, I don't know, six other things. But that's kind of what we're going to be getting into today. And then we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Let's start out with the Square Enix IO breakup. Um, kind of sad because I thought the new Hitman did pretty good. I think the episodic thing didn't do it any favors. I personally liked the episodic thing because now that I'm a lot more busy, I only had time... You know, kind of, like an episode would come out, I'd play it, I'd beat it, and then I can kind of put the game down until a new one came out. It was pretty convenient for me, but I think the mixed messaging when they first announced that, and I think a lot of people like download the first episode and then maybe checked out and never came back to it. But anyway, apparently they didn't find it profitable enough, so they are selling off IO. So it seems like IO is going to be able to keep Hitman. Um, so whoever purchases them will be able to, I don't know, keep making Hitman games. My money is on... Own Hitman. Hmm? I thought Square Enix owned Hitman. They do. They're going to... But they're going to sell Hitman with IO, like as a package they, deal. That seems like a really weird well, decision I, to me. I don't think Square Enix wants to make more Hitman games, and I don't think they want a different dev to do it. I think they kind of just want to sell it all. Yeah, it's probably a way to make more money, or it might have been something contractual with IO. Well, I think it makes IO more uh, desirable to purchase. You know, for whoever wants to buy them, it's like, oh, you also get Hitman if you get IO. Uh, whereas if it's just IO without Hitman, I don't know. If no one buys them, they just go away. They, I guess, they lay everyone off. I mean, they've already been laying people off, but I think then it'd be full disbanding. The thing that I think is weird. Well, the article I'm reading is saying that um, Square Enix was negotiating with investors to keep working on Hitman games. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of mixed messaging, and none of it's fully been confirmed. I think it would make sense to sell Hitman with IO because it's more likely someone's going to buy IO instead of Square Enix just taking a hit and having to disband it and not, you know, being able to make any money back. <laughs> The thing that confuses me is they're going to be making a thief too. 
Yeah, I thought that the most recent 3D Thief, or First Person Thief, didn't really do all that well. I don't think it did either. But I guess it did well enough. Apparently there's a movie in the talks, and they're also, um, I, I don't know, I guess they're, they want to make another one. I, I Okay. I, know, right? I guess Square Enix has the money, so... I I tried playing the new Thief. I just, I really, really wanted to like it, and I had it for years, and I kept, I would go back to it every once in a while, and I just, it just wasn't good. See, it came out pretty much at the exact same time that Dishonored 1 did, and mm-hmm. I thought Dishonored 1 was a better Thief than Thief. Yeah, it was just a much better game. Yeah, I, so that's that's where all my eggs went, because I was like, oh, well, I can buy one or the other, and Dishonored just happened to be more interesting thief was doing some weird story stuff too i don't know i guess those game stories are always a little strange um because before the new thief came out i bought like the classic pack and tried to play through the old ones and i just i don't know i wasn't super into them i think it just was wasn't a series for me maybe if i would have played no i think if i would have played it would have came out it would have been too difficult because thief came out around the same time as half-life yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I, I, I maybe Hitman was just received well critically, but it didn't do well commercially. That's what I'm guessing, and so it's not worth the money. But Hitman, maybe, maybe Hitman had, or maybe Thief had the opposite, where it did bad critically, but maybe commercially it did okay because it came out around the launch of the PS4. So maybe a lot of people bought it because they wanted something on their new console? Uh, Potentially. I don't know. It wasn't good. (laughs) Speaking of not good, Mass Effect Andromeda, I don't know, kind of made Bioware uh, and EA put a pause on Mass Effect. I I know. I saw that. That's super interesting. Like that, and like, it's, Bioware is not like Bioware was the last studio that used to be like when they would release a game, I'd buy it on day one. There, there are no longer game companies like that. Yeah, that's it's sad too because yeah, Bioware used to be synonymous with just quality. You know, it used to be <clears throat> if a new Bioware game was coming out, whether it was Baldur's Gate or Jade Empire, you just like, yeah, I'm gonna pick that up. It's gonna be great. And I hopped on the Bioware train around the time of KOTOR came out. I know people had been doing it, like playing their games way before that, like with Neverwinter and Baldur's Gate and stuff. But I just. Yeah. I've uh, been a huge fan since the first Baldur's Gate came. Uh, I remember I bought my first video card for Neverwinter Nights. I remember Neverwinter Nights. I played a little bit of it. Um, it had some cool land stuff, but I never got super into it. Uh, I think it was, yeah, it was KOTOR for me, and then I played Dragon Age Origins late, but Origins was so good. Uh, the other Dragon Age games, not so much, but Origins was amazing, and the the expansions for it. Because it was like, DLC was a thing, but the expansions for Origins were like significant, kind of like how... Um, like how Witcher 3 released two full, basically game-sized expansions. 
I don't yeah, know, those were actual things. expansions, not just downloadable content. Yeah. And even and though I, it all falls under DLC nowadays. Yeah, I like though that the Witcher devs called it called them expansions. There are other places that have expansions, but they still call them DLC, and it is technically downloadable content. But like, I guess I in my head I still separate the two. I feel the like entire it's game is downloadable content. <laughs> it's such a broad term. I missed the phrase expansion pack because it was kind of like, oh, you're going to get a whole nother chunk with your game. And I feel like Skyrim had a couple like expansions, like the the vampire werewolf one and what else? Was yeah, yeah. There, there was one big one, but then there was also one that basically just added a house. Yeah, see, that's DLC it, to me. That's like that's what I consider DLC. It's like those little tidbit extras, but... Expansions, I think, feel pretty significant. Anyway, but Andromeda, I guess, it, it didn't do well. It didn't review. I think it reviewed as an average game. Like, a lot of people gave it, like, 6, 6.5, um, which isn't terrible. It's just, I think people expect and wanted more. Yeah, and I think they're some of the glitches and the janky animations, whenever it first came out, hurt it a lot. Definitely. And I think it kind of when it kind of came out with the odds stacked against it. Because I feel like it was a damned if you damned if you don't, but I also feel Bioware EA didn't handle it right from day one because they had like the backup team, the B team basically made this was their first game and it was the people who did like the Leviathan uh DLC and like kind of the DLC for the different games different Mass Effect games, but no one no one who had made one of the original trilogies was really big in the project. Yeah. To me, to me from the day they announced it, it just felt like a game that didn't need to exist. <laughs> yeah. Like, think- Mass Effect, that story was over. It, like, to me, anything after that is just was just a cash-in to try to make money off that property. Yeah, and I felt like it was, it's like milking a dry cow. You know, yeah. like they were just trying to get that last little bit. It looks like they got that last little bit. <laughs> I, yeah, and they're like, I, I, I don't know how they're going to save it after Andromeda. I don't know. I mean, it, they'll they'll come up with something. Like, if anything, I would have liked them to. I mean, I guess they've still got their hands full, like maintaining um, the old Republic. But I would have, I, I wish that the old Republic had been a Mass Effect MMO, like yeah. set an MMO like pre um, Mass Effect One. If or even it, because because of the way, way things in Mass Effect One happened, it could have you'd have an MMO set around that same time. Yeah, even between Mass Effect One and Two. Yeah, like there's a lot there's a lot of story that could fit in there, and I think if they did an MMO, I would definitely want them to keep the same kind of combat, like the so it'd be like an MMO shooter kind of thing. Uh, what was the one that actually tried that? It was uh, Fire something or other. Firestorm? Firefall? I never played that. Yeah, Firefall. That's, that's that, the was one. Was that yeah. an MMO? I think yes. I, I don't feel like that translates well because it still comes down to a numbers game because they want people to get loot and they want people to earn new weapons and it still comes down to stats instead of it being like... You have like Destiny and games like that. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Destiny 
would be a good model, maybe for like a Mass Effect thing. I don't know. You got to get on that gear treadmill. I don't see. I don't like gear and games. I get, like get in the hamster wheel. I, mm, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. Um, but speaking of gear, Battlegrounds. I I picked it up since the last podcast. I, I think I picked it up like right after the last podcast. Travis's story convinced me. Yeah. Um, played a lot last night too. Played some with Travis and then played some with my buddy Zane afterward. Uh, it's a great game. Yeah. The have you had any crazy stories yet? Oh, I just love reading the stories. Man, it's always something different. It's the best. Travis and I. I'm trying to, okay, what happened when we, so we were flying over the military base, which is like in the southern portion of the map, and we decided, fuck it, let's jump out. And yeah. <laughs> we landed in this, we went in this building, there's like uh, three large buildings that I grouped together. We went into one of them, and we uh, went up to the second floor and just started looting everything. So, and then we came down to the first floor. And then we're sitting down there looting, and Colin starts shooting at a guy. And I'm like, where's he at? He's like, he's like, he's wounded, but I didn't down him. And then like, I turn and right as I turn, there's a guy sneak trying to sneak in the building to come around behind Colin. So I think it's the same guy. So I shoot him, and he goes down in like one bullet. And I'm like, I got him. He's down. He's like, I was like, no, he's not, but he is now. I'm like, oh, that must have been his friend. And um, so then we're looting this guy, and we are really bad at deciding who's getting what stuff. Yeah, we, we spent like 10 minutes looting this guy, and we kill like three more people in this hallway <laughs> while looting this one body. We never moved to go loot the other people. We're still looting this first body by the time like the, another group of two people come in and kill us. Yeah, so to, to touch on something, a mechanic in the game is if you're playing du- duo mode with like two people, if one of you gets wounded and then the other one gets killed before they can res you, the wounded one instantly dies. So if you wound someone and then they suddenly just die, you know that their partner got killed. And so that's kind of what happened. Like I downed the guy and then the other guy ran in. Travis killed him and then the guy down just instantly died. And I was like, okay, well, they're both dead. And we were like looking at this body and there was, I don't know, there was like four guns, but we couldn't figure out who was going to get what. And then people kept running down the hallway and start shooting. So we'd turn and just like light up people as they came in. And, oh, and that one guy came at me with a machete. <laughs> charged at you i didn't realize he had a machete until after we like both turned and shot him and he fell down i was like did he have a fucking machete it's just corpses laying there holding it it was pretty great i think someone charging you with a machete is still kind of intimidating in that game yeah well he got he took off a pretty good chunk of my health (laughs) and and then we didn't learn and we just kept looting it was bad See, like I said, I love the stories, but for me, it's kind of like EVE Online. I love listening to all the stories and, you know, reading all the the cool things that happen, but I I don't know if it's really my kind of game. It's fun, man. I would say if it goes on, like, it's only 30 now, but if it goes on sale cheaper, uh, it's I think it's definitely worth um, grabbing. I'll put it on my wish list, just so that I can keep an eye on it. Yeah, I th- I think that's a good idea. Oh, it's still early access, too, so that's one thing to note. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're going to be adding more maps to it soon. Apparently those um, are coming in the future. It is neat. Very neat. Super duper neat. Um, 
I'm trying to think if anything else of note happened. Uh, I don't know. It'll come to me. But <laughs> yeah. any, it's it's great. It's such a fun game. Um, when you're falling down toward a building, <laughs> there's an amount of panic that sets in when you look around and see that other people jumped out around the same time, heading for the same place. Oh, yeah, we went to the school that one game that we actually did pretty well in. And there mm-hmm. are a bunch of people that came down near it with us. I got lucky. I found the gun first. <laughs> That's pretty much how it has to go. I'm never good at punching people, but I've been knocked out. And that, it's really sad. Especially when you're the aggressor. Like you're chasing someone down, you start hitting them, and then they turn and just knock you out. Yeah, we had that one game where we were chasing people around and uh, <laughs> got ran over. <laughs> we were trying to, this guy got in a Jeep, and we're like, I was kept like, get in the Jeep, get in the Jeep, because you can hit, you can get in the Jeep with other people and like hit them. <laughs> Which is what I wanted to do. But we got right over instead. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I tried to jump in. Just didn't yeah. work very well. I, I th- He was moving just fast enough that we were like right behind it, like where the uh, indicator would come up for you to get in. And there's mm-hmm. like just enough lag in the game that I think it was keeping us from being able to get in the Jeep. I think his friend was trying the same thing, but he couldn't get either. So he kept running back into the building. It was a mess. Um, Speaking of running into the building, Alan Wake uh, is disappearing from Steam and Xbox Live. I think it might have already now. It did. Yeah. So yeah, were, that's super weird to me. And then there that's was m- music licensing issue. Yeah, because every chapter when it ended had like an actual licensed song, like uh, like Deftones or or something else. I think there might have been a Bowie song in there. Just different things that the you know the time runs out on those license and. Either they renew them or it's just too expensive. And for a game that's pretty much not going to sell a whole lot more copies because it's been out for so long, it's not really worth it to spend, I don't know, the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, however much it costs to relicense that music when that would cost more than you would make selling the game. So the last couple days uh, before they had to pull it, and if you already have it in your Steam library or Xbox Live or own it, like you, you can still play it, you can still access it. You just can't buy it now. Um, but what they did is the last couple of days, they went ahead and just put it on sale for like a dollar. Yeah, it was pretty much free. Yeah. I've got both of them. I've had both of them in my uh, library forever. I've just never gotten around to playing them. But I think that almost makes me want to do it since you can't get them anymore. I feel like I own... I played I do through not. the first one. I really enjoyed it, but I haven't I, played through American Nightmare. I didn't play American Nightmare either. I I had the first one on um, 360, and I beat it because I bought it. I didn't. I didn't like it that much. It was kind of eh for me. But I know a lot of other people love that game, so I don't think it's a bad game. I just think I I didn't like the. I don't really know You're what it was. You're also not really a spooky, scary game kind of guy. Well, it wasn't even that spooky, scary. I think I, th- for me, it felt like it dragged. Like it, it was. I didn't like the pacing, and I think for a lot of people, they did like it. And I, I don't know. I just I think it, it was paced weird, and it was a little. I mean, it was kind of twin peaksy. Like, and I'm just not super into that kind of weirdness. Uh, speaking of Twin Peaks and Alan Wake, because this game is super similar, Deadly Premonition was like $2 on GOG this past week. 
Well, it was um, – I think it was a PlayStation Plus game sometime in the past couple of years. I, I have it. Oh, and I highly recommend it. It is the weirdest game I've ever played. I think I tried to play it on PC. Do I own it on PC? And it – something happened. It – like it um, didn't work well with newer versions of Windows or something like that. It just – It is super weird. I might check it out. I've, it's, there's enough I've heard about it. There's apparently even a tabletop game. Yeah, just like the way that it switches from being super serious to just pseudo 51 out there is great. I think you'd enjoy it. Oh, so it's pseudo 51 did it? No, no, it's it's not pseudo fifty one, but oh, okay. it, it reminds me of how his stuff just goes completely to the left field. Sometimes I feel like a lot of pseudo fifty one stuff starts left field, yeah, and then you never really figure it out. I think the only the only pseudo fifty one game I've beaten was Killer Is Dead, and that was a weird ass game, which is the weirdest one of the bunch in my opinion. I, Killer Seven's pretty weird. Like really uh, weird. I tried to play it, and I, I don't think it's aged well. <laughs> I was like, um, there's this weird bondage guy who kind of gives you a tutorial, but the game controls we- really weird, and it's just, just a very strange game. And then I was like, I'm, I'm not into this. Just, I'm just nope. Yeah. I'm nope. It's Suda Fifty One. I, I don't even. I don't know. I think I bought Killer is Dead for like $7 on a Steam sale. And I was like, ah, I had time. I think I wasn't working. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll play. And I beat it in like two days because it's only like a seven-hour game. Maybe shorter. It It's like a weird anime. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the way that I would describe most of his games. Yeah, it's very strange. Did you ever play that one uh, free-to-play one on PS4? Yes, I did. It's pretty much Suda Fifty One Dark Souls, and it is great. I just—it's super grindy, so I haven't had a lot of time to put into it. Mm. Are there microtransactions? There are, but you don't need them. Okay. I mean, they're more like—it's less pay to win and more pay for convenience. Uh, skip the grind. Yeah, so kind of either skip the grind or you know not have to go back and get your souls essentially if mm. you die things I, like that i've never liked that mechanic and i know it's kind of what makes the dark souls games i don't know you like hang on to your stuff and then the longer you hang on the more you have to cash in it's like a gamble yep i don't like gambling well it's it's what adds the tension to the game without it the game would be kind of like if you didn't have something to lose, it wouldn't be as good. Yeah, you gotta have the stakes. It's got that. That's why I like it because you really feel a sense of risk reward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Whoa, my light just blew out. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, so there was a leaked Amazon listing for Modern Warfare standalone. I think we all saw that coming. Yep. Not really much. I'm, I'm I think we talked about it. Song. The problem was, did you see what the price was on it? Yeah, it was Maybe. like uh, seven thousand yen because it was like a Japanese Just, listing. Yeah. It should be like seventy dollars. Like seventy dollars. That, that 
they're milking it, man. They're milking it. I th- I'm well. That's not, and uh, we'll see what the official price ends up being. But I feel like they could get away with forty. I don't think Fuck, forty would, would be good. 40. I think thirty would maybe be good, but twenty is like the top. I would pay for that. Well, I wouldn't pay for it. I just. I mean, when I get a game like Battlegrounds for thirty, I'm not paying thirty for a rehash of Modern Warfare. But the yeah. thing is, there are people who will. Yeah. There's lots of people who will. Who there are people want- who bought it and got it with, you know, Modern Warfare Five or whatever it was, Infinite Warfare. and they'll 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 just buy it again, standalone. Because that's I bet you the servers are going to be. Uh, well, it's two. Uh, it's two isolated. different installs. Well, no, it's it's just it's just a it's the same version they released with Infinite Warfare. It's just you don't have to buy Infinite Warfare. Yeah, that's all it is. And with Infinite Warfare, with that version, it's a separate install. So, like when you buy them both, it it's two kind of like how Call of Duty. I don't know. I think around Black Ops, they started doing two installs for single player and multiplayer. So people who didn't want the single player stuff taking up hard hard disk space, they could just have only the multiplayer installed. It's treated a lot like that with. Modern Warfare Remastered. It's a separate install. So they're basically going to make it where you can buy just that separate install. Whereas right now, the only way to get that is by buying that deluxe edition or whatever for $80 or however much it was. I'm actually still really surprised that, you know, they didn't just create servers specifically for the standalone one to make everyone's like, well, if you want to play with all the new people... You gotta like, buy it again. I I, don't, I think you'd have a pissed off enough community after that those shenanigans. I th- yeah. Um, you know the thing is though. Well, it's it's already a. Is it like the? Uh, I assume it's like the game itself, um, where it's already split across two online communities because the. Uh, if you buy it in the Windows 10 store, you can't play with the Steam people and vice versa. Oh, I don't know. Right there is that. I haven't even looked into that. Yeah. The, the, that's the thing. is like If you're going to release your game anywhere other than Steam, don't use Steamworks for your multiplayer. Yeah. Like, just don't. The thing is, a lot of people are buying this standalone because they didn't want to get Infinite Warfare. I, I feel they're kind of missing out. But Grant, I don't touch multiplayer in this game. But Infinite Warfare single player was pretty fun. It's actually one of the best Call of Duties I've played in a long time. For any- Call of Duty single player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way. I like yeah. it. The I, 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 I would say the best Call of Duty single player I've ever played was Modern Warfare, and it was at best okay. <laughs> I've I think I've it was played, right. I've played them all. I've only not beaten Black Ops Two, and that's. Because one of the main one of the reasons why I didn't beat Black Ops Two was there was one dumb mission I didn't like where you're this like drugged out Colombian guy with a machete, and I didn't like that part. And then the other thing I didn't like is it has the guy who plays Yondu, that actor. Um, oh, uh, Michael Rooker. Yeah, it's got him, and the only role I've ever seen him in and liked him in is him as Yondu. I otherwise any time I see Michael Roker in anything, I'm like, hey, it's a redneck trying to act. I just like I just 
when he's Yondu, he's great. He kills that role. But in every other role, he's just Michael Roker trying to act. And it's always shitty. Like even him as Merle in Walking Dead, I think was like the final part where I was like, I fucking hate every episode that this guy's in. <laughs> and so like he's a main character. He's like your partner character in Black Ops 2. So you have to listen to his fucking voice and look at his face through like that whole campaign. And every time he's on the screen, I was like, I fucking hate this guy. He's a cool dude in person, though. That's what I've heard. No, I've heard he's awesome. And, and yeah, like, he's, he is a voice actor in Lollipop Chainsaw. If yep. If <laughs> if I would have seen him as Yondu before seeing him as anything else, I might have a very different opinion on him. I just think Merle. I can't not see Merle. He was drinking with us at Dragon Con a couple years ago, and he's. He's hilarious. So we we were there, and of course there were some Ghostbusters there, the ones with like you know the super awesome proton packs and whatnot. And uh, he goes, "Hey man, can I borrow that backpack of yours?" To one of the Ghostbusters that's there at the bar, and he's like, "Sure, man." So they hook him up with it, and he had seen uh, Ernie Hudson. He's like, "I'm Ghostbusters, y'all." Yeah, it, the Ernie Hudson, the you know, Winston from Ghostbusters, yeah. mm-hmm. and he started chasing Winston around with the <laughs> with the proton pack. It was really funny. Well, it sounds like he knows how to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, he, good guy. I liked him as Yondu. I think. I mean, yeah. I think if I like met him or had an interaction, it would completely reset the way I feel about him. Um, I just and I. I like him more now because I've seen him as something other than Merle or other like just side characters where I've just, I don't know, but that's, that's why black ops two is the only one I didn't finish, but I've, I've beaten, I'm pretty sure every other call of duty single player. I enjoy them. I think they're, they're wacky roller coasters. But, um, <laughs> But Infinite Warfare was actually pretty good, and the ending was like heavy. You're like, shit, it's a, it's a pretty pretty good sci-fi stuff. Um, there was a free copy of Rising Storm. I think that was to help promote the Rising Storm Two Vietnam that had just come out, which I have not played. I just don't think I have time for another multiplayer game in my life, so I don't know if I ever will play it. But I was a big <laughs> fan of Red Orchestra. And uh, Red Orchestra Rising Storm. So I recommend checking it out if that's your kind of game. Far Cry 5 was announced. Um, takes place in Montana. Uh, trailer. It's like there's going to be dog fighting. Like with planes, not dogs. I guess that could go either way. Um, but the. But why? I don't. You're in or Montana. If there are dogs in the planes. Okay, I see. Then I'd be on board. I just want a dog tail gunner. But I, <laughs> I that'd be great if they just put that as the cover art. I'd be like sold. I'm gonna get it's DLC. But it's like crop dusting planes, or like World War One, like like biplanes. Yeah, but why? Like that. I guess this, the whole premise of Far Cry 5 is that some kind of Christian cult has taken over this town and you're kind of an outsider who's 
I don't know, going to stop them. But why – there needs to be a reason why the federal government hasn't stepped in yet. And there can only be so many biplanes. So it's not like there's a whole fucking fleet out there. So I get it if there was a single dogfight section, like you take a biplane and there's another biplane and you shoot them down. But if there's like – if you fly in a biplane and then like another biplane gets alerted and you have to get in a dogfight like every hour you know, or every time you fly, you have to avoid the other ones if you don't want to fight, it makes no sense. It's like why – why? Are there just people just patrol the air with biplanes? That's a thing that they do in the middle of Montana? It doesn't make any sense. But as far as wildlife, Montana has lots of that. So there's like – I get – it's a good place for like the hunting and, and crafting kind of stuff. But I don't know. I'm not really convinced on that story right now. What do you guys think? Do you see the trailer for it? Yeah, it. I don't know. Not not really my kind of thing. Am I am I the only one who plays Far Cry? I think so. I'm the only one on the planet. I played Far Cry One. Everything since then has been a betrayal. <laughs> Far Cry One was awesome. Far the sci-fi twist great. at the end was great, <clears throat> and it was a very um, new concept for a game when it came out. Yeah. Uh, the then two was just kind of weird. A lot of people love two because it's just much more hardcore. And then three kind of did its own thing. I think the first three were all pretty different from each other. And then three, four, primal it looks like this are kind of all following that formula that three's kicked off. I don't know. It's I'm I'm gonna play it. Because I always do. I'm just not super excited about it. Right. I'll play I, it when I stop being salty. So I'll never <laughs> play it. <laughs> never. Um, See, the, the thing is, for me right now, if I wanted to play a Far Cry game, I'd play Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, no. You don't even understand. I'm going to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. So much better than a Far Cry game. Right, so that's that's why I just so I would better. never be able to bring myself to do that, knowing something like Horizon exists. I I would say if you're gonna play uh, Horizon, play Breath of play play it before you play Breath of the Wild. I've not played <laughs> Breath of the Wild, but a lot of the podcasts and stuff I listen to, they say, "Oh, I started Horizon and Breath Breath of the Breast of the Wild." Oh man, that's a parody waiting to happen. But Breath of the uh, Wild came out after it and then a lot of them stopped and switched to that and then they couldn't go back to horizon because i guess breath of the wild revolutionized open world kind of stuff like that so they like apparently in breath of the wild you can climb anything horizon you cannot climb everything so well since you can't find a switch anywhere i won't have to worry about that for a while i thought you were gonna get the wii u one i was going to but apparently the load times are retarded Mm. Like, uh, the load times and also the frame slowdown is really, really, really bad on the Wii. Every, or the Wii U. Everyone I've heard uh, and listened to who got Breath of the Wild on the Switch just loves it. Like, they love to take it anywhere. And apparently the way the open world is, is it's not super heavy story. 
it's very kind of create your own adventures. So because you don't always have to remember what's going on story-wise, you can just hop on for 20 minutes or play it like on the subway. Um, so I think that's a big positive uh, criticism about Breath positive of the Wild. Positive criticism? Is that, I don't think that's right. Positive comment? I guess. You can't – a criticism always has to be negative? Well, that's kind of what a criticism is, is pointing Yeah, out usually. Oh, man. I feel dumb. I mean, it could be a positive critique. Yeah, it, it well, there's feel... constructive criticism, which is like you're, but you're still pointing out a fault in such a way. As, whatever, we're on a completely that's, si- we're sidetracked. That's true. It, I mean, it didn't feel good when I said it. I was like, that doesn't sound right. I think, I think deep down, I knew. But uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Nintendo said they're ramping up production on the Switch, so. I we'll apparently they sent over a bunch of shipments, but they haven't been restocked in anywhere yet. I I keep there are seven tabs that I keep open on my computer, and I refresh them every day just to see if potentially there might be a switch somewhere. No dice. I might get one when they're two hundred fifty dollars, and once they release. Zelda HD collection. Which is like all the Zelda games. Yeah. I, I've actually found that I've been playing my um, my Vita a whole hell of a lot. So the portability would be a big plus for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, with my job, it would be nice to be able to take it. I mean, I guess I'd have to bring the dock too to charge it in like hotel room. Oh, no, you can use like a wall charger. Yeah. I don't know. It would be good, like especially like Breath of the Wild. That would be a good game because I'm in hotels and stuff. I could just like lay in a hotel room and play Breath of the Wild. I've been bringing my PS4, which it just sucks to haul that thing around. But that is how I beat Horizon. Um. Anyway, speaking of the Switch, let's talk about that Splatoon Two headset. Well, it's just the Wii headset in general, but yeah. Uh... The switch right, headset. We switch it, yeah. Switch headset. It's dumb. Well, the, the main problem is the switch um, doesn't support a microphone. It doesn't have a microphone. Like the headset jack on it is only output. There's no microphone pin on that um, jack. So Nintendo's solution for that is if you want voice chat, you have you plug a headset into a phone and use a phone app. No, you. Plug a headset chat. into a dongle. That well, no, 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 no. That's this game's solution. I'm just doing the base Nintendo solution. Oh, right okay. Now. Yeah. The idea is it's a, it's a, I don't want to say completely separate because I think the idea is that it still like recognizes that you're playing like the app on your phone. It's like, oh, you're playing a game with this person and like makes it easier to like get voice chat with them. And now the problem with that is, now you have your game audio and your headset audio from two different sources because your game audio is still coming from your TV and your headset and voice chat is on your phone. So now if you want a headset that puts them together, this is where this ridiculous headset comes in where now you have a dongle that's going to plug into the headphone jack on your switch. And then now imagine you're sitting on your couch and your switch is by your TV. That means this dongle is trailing across the floor all the way over to you. 
And then another cable is running into your cell phone for that voice chat. So the dongle cable this is the best part is only 20 inches long. No. <laughs> so, now I, I don't know about the headset cable. The headset cable hopefully is considerably longer. Maybe six well, feet, that, maybe more. That wouldn't help you, though, because then it'd be like you're sitting next to your TV and your phone can sit on the couch. <laughs> well, I think your phone's going to have to sit with the dongle. And your switch is going to have to be near the dongle. And you'll that's, just have your little control. Like, you, phone should be where you are. Yeah, I agree. I think this, I, just use Discord. Like The simple solution is don't buy this. Don't. Don't don't encourage them. Don't enable yeah. them to well, well, keep making this There's decision. no solution. If you want voice chat on the Switch. With like strangers. If you want to be able to voice chat with people you're like randomly playing Monster Hunter with. There's well, just, no other solution. Just voice chat with friends uh, on Discord. Get like the phone app. Yeah, but I'm saying like if you're playing with people that aren't your friends, how are you going to chat with these people? Nah, you don't need you're to know not. those people. You shouldn't have got it. And, on the, and the thing is, at this level, it's a hardware issue. Nothing can be done about it. Yeah, or you can just wait for like version two. But is there going to be one? They've in a year traditionally never released like the they released the small version of the Wii. But when was the last other time they released a, another version of their home consoles? There was a small version of the Wii. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. But they didn't change anything in it. It's the exact same hardware. Well, there's that. Like, well, maybe uh, they'll treat it like their handhelds, since it's a half a handheld. But it's I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they, they had that they iteration seem, of the 3ds. Yeah, they've had they, five iterations. <laughs> but they they've made like think about the half-assed improvement that was the new 3ds. They're like, oh, you want two joysticks? Here, you get this little shit nub. Yes. So basically, all they'll say is, "Oh, version two has the headphone jack," and then people who are buying them on eBay will be forever confused about which version they're getting. But but think about this: what if the headphone jack is still on the unit itself? Like well, then you know they saying, intended like, it. I, I highly doubt they'll release a new version within the next three years. Yeah. Right. So Nintendo is not only a noun; it's also a verb. So this is now what happens when you Nintendo your system. I just see it seems like Nintendo what they're trying to they're like, oh well the problem is is if we put it in this switch system itself, the headphone jack, then um when it's docked you have to be sitting close to it to use it. So we're gonna do this weird thing when the solution has been staring at them since the PlayStation three. Put the jack in the controller. If you put it on the Joy-Con and in your controllers, then the jack is always where you are. I think Nintendo didn't want voice chat on their platform because they feel that voice is but they, dirty. They did because they made this app. <laughs> well, I think the app was an afterthought. I think they were like, I don't know. No, no. People the, the, really the want voice. The point was is that the jack is on the system itself. So if you have it docked on the other side of the room, how do you plug your headset into it? That was their problem, and this was their shit solution. Well, I think it was that was meant originally to just be a headphone jack for when it's portable. 
you just have your headphones in it when you have it in portable mode. And when it's docked, you'll just use your speakers on your TV or sound system. I think that was their I, thinking. And they were like, no, I, we're not going to have a headset because we don't want voice chat because voice. I don't is think talked. that was ever something they said. I think they're just terrible at coming up with solutions to simple problems. Yeah. But I think it was all an afterthought. I think initially they were like, oh, we just won't have voice chat. And then people were like, well, well what? And I doubt like, that. I highly doubt that. They're like, we'll add they it. They could have just put a wireless chip in. It would have been so easy. They could have. Sell wireless headphones. So easy. I mean, I think I really think Nintendo is just super out of touch when it comes to this stuff. And uh, they're trying. Well, I mean, like I think there's games on the 3DS that have voice chat. So voice chat is not something they're ignoring. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think that it's an afterthought issue. I think it's they can't solve simple problems issue. But it's such they can't they can't solve simple problems that people solved a decade ago. And they can just copy those solutions. I guess I don't understand how they couldn't do this the correct way. They're Nintendo. <laughs> they Nintendoed it. I guess that's why I believe it was an after. Like this looks like someone where they're like, "All right, we need to rig something up to make this work." <laughs> it. I don't know. I don't know what their thought process was. Fucking backwards. Their thought process was exactly what I said it was. Like they're like. The jack will be on the other side of the room if it's docked. Let's come up with a solution for that. And this is what they came up with. I guess I don't understand what their thought process was originally designing it. That's what I mean. Like, Well, no, I, I, but I'm saying that they put the jack in the system itself, which doesn't work when it's docked and you're on your couch. Yeah, but why'd they do that? Because they're Nintendo. That's not yeah, the answer. It's just... I'm like, I want to know what their thought process was. Like, why they? I'll tell you exactly what it is. So, in Japan, people's houses are super tiny, right? (laughs) So you only have like three or four feet between you and your TV. That's why the the Nintendo, uh, the NES Classic controllers only had like a foot long cable for the. uh, Oh yeah, this is strange for the controllers. So. They're they're Japanocentric. It's they really don't care about anyone outside of Japan. I'll buy it. Nah, yep. That's my theory. Works for me. Um, my friend said one thing, like the thing about like putting it in the controller. Like maybe their the Joy Cons are so packed with stuff they don't have they can't handle like that extra. I'm not buying that though. Like they could have removed the damn super sensitive. Feel the three ice cubes vibrate function. No, they gotta <laughs> they gotta have that? that. What do they call what do they call that feature? Ah god, I can't remember. It's like super rumble or something. Yeah. Something silly. It's called techno rumble. But they if they would have just for, for you know forgone that little feature that nobody really cared about, they could have put something in that people actually you know something useful. <laughs> Let's move on. Speaking of weird business decisions, uh, Destiny Two is going to be on BattleNet. Only BattleNet. To me, that's not a weird. That's Activision owns BattleNet. Why would they? I mean, they put Call of Duty on Steam, and that's yeah. Activision. Well, but I mean, but here's the thing: they already have like that user base on Steam. Destiny isn't on PC. This but, is going to be a whole new thing, and like they're going to draw. Plus, BattleNet's already huge with the games that are on it. I guess. Um, I 
I think it's as simple as the reason why Origin started their own thing. I think they want to. I don't think they want to give Steam any money for Destiny. Yeah, 2. but I mean, but, but you're saying that like it's a strange business decision. It's not. Like to me, it makes no sense why they're still putting games on Steam when they have Battle.net. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's not a strange business decision. Like it makes sense. I. I isn't it technically the Blizzard launcher now? Yeah, but all their marketing when they announced it said Battle.net. Yeah. Oh, I did think, it? Okay. I think the when new they came, name didn't... And I will call it Battle.net to the day I die, so you shut your <laughs> whore mouth, Bucky. Well, the app is still called Battle.net. No, it's not. Oh, on your desktop? Like what? Yeah, what? it's actually the Blizzard app yeah. on mine. Okay. My shortcut still says Battle.net because I didn't change it, but like the icon changed and everything on it. Oh, uh, okay. I, I recently uninstalled it because I generally don't play blizzard games yep and when you launch it, it's blizzard app yeah well battle net was so cool much cooler sounding it is well because the website was battle.net at first like yeah. with starcraft and stuff um in warcraft the warcraft 2 battle net edition i don't and diablo 2 and i guess i thought the marketing was kind of funny or in the announcement about it being on battle net they were like Hey, and you could if your friends are playing Hearthstone, you can chat with them while you're playing Destiny 2. And I'm like, so like Steam? Where you can <laughs> chat with yeah. them while they're playing any one of thousands of other games? I just I like everything being in one place. I don't like having multiple things. And I guess that it's that's a me problem, I suppose. I mean, for Blizzard it makes sense. Like sell it on a digital platform where you can keep hundred percent of the profit and you don't have to share it with a competitor. Like, Ironically, um, I'm more happy with it being on Battle.net than on Origin or uh, Uplay. Uplay. I use ba- I use that more than either of those put together, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I I just like Steam. That was my yeah. first like digital platform, so it's my most robust one. And I mean, one nice thing though, too, if you think about it from like a super long run perspective, is if any like having multiple launchers and stuff is a little bit of a pain in the ass, you know, to keep track of everything. But also, if for whatever reason, you know, say Steam went under and everything went poof, you'd still be able to play your Blizzard Activision games from the Blizzard launcher. And I don't know. It Hopefully it'll also help open up some of the other launchers to indie devs as well, because that would be cool. Um... I mean, Steam's really pretty Steam open. Is the to only one. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Battle.net doing it. I feel like Blizzard's pretty. Like they only put their stuff on Battle.net. Origin, you can buy. I think you can buy non-EA games on Origin. Yeah, there's a bunch of non-EA games in there, but why? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Buy them on Steam. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's Destiny Two. Is I'm. I don't even know if I'm going to get it. I'm getting it. I enjoyed Destiny 1 for the 10 hours that I played it. I like Destiny uh, 1. I've put a lot of time in that game, so I'm definitely looking forward to Destiny 2. 2 is... Are you going to be getting it on a PC? Yeah. It's... I, they don't have a set date for PC yet, so I think it's probably going to be uh, after. But hopefully... But everything I've been hearing about the PC version has been good. So, yeah. I've been... Uh, a bunch of news outlets have got uh, hands-on demos. Yeah, yeah, and what I heard from 
one podcast I listened to, they said that the hands-on demo on the PC one was like, like they did them back to back. They did a PS4 Pro and then they did the PC and they're like, yeah, the PC is definitely way better looking. Just it's just like higher textures and things. It just well, it's not even the graphics I'm talking about. The ones I'm talking about said it played better. So they're yeah, like they're worried that the gameplay wouldn't translate to a PC and they're like it actually played better. Yeah. Uh, it'll the shooting will be nice because it'll be less uh, floaty. I think since you'll be using a mouse, and so they won't have any of that uh, smoothing or any of that stuff. That's what you think. <laughs> I hope. Uh, when was the last time a PC game came out that didn't have mouse smoothing? Well, I just turn it off. Some games you can't. Like it. I'm looking at you, Dead Space. I fucking hate you, Dead Space. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. Well, I don't know. Yeah, no, I would probably still play Dead Space with the mouse. I don't know. I played it all on console, all the Dead Space games. When I'm having to like crank my sensitivity all the way up and still like spin my mouse 18 times to turn around, I'm like, fuck you, game. Go fucking eat a dick. It's it's to build tension. It's like why for the longest time in Resident Evil, you couldn't move and shoot at the same time. Because they were like, we want it to be tense, so you can't move when you shoot. And I'm like, that's dumb. Find other ways to be tense. I mean, even Resident Evil 4, you can't move and shoot at the same time. I think 5, you can't. I think 6 was the first one where you can. If you can in 5, it's at a, like, super reduced amount. Like, if you can, it's like you're, like, crawl speed. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you can, though, yeah. In 7, you can. I'm not playing any of them ever, so. <laughs> Seven's a completely different game. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it it just has the Resident Evil name. I haven't gotten very far, so I don't know like what similarities, but from what I've played, it's not really a Resident Evil game. I mean, I guess you're in a residence and it's evil. So I suppose it's truer to the name than some of the previous entries. Well, apparently it does actually end up connecting really, really well with the old Resident Evil canon. Mm. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I, I need to get back into it. Um, Microsoft rebranded Bean, which I didn't even know was a thing, to something called Mixer and adds co-streaming, which actually looks kind of neat. The co-streaming looks neat. I just don't see it being a successful platform. Yeah. I get the feeling someone else will copy that idea, and then that'll like Twitch will copy it, and that'll be what we all end up using. <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, incredibly likely. Like, right now, Microsoft, I don't think, knows what they're doing with the kids these days. Like, they're trying to turn <laughs> Skype into Snapchat. <laughs> Everything's trying to be Snapchat, though. I don't... Wait, well, Skype? But they're, they're adding, like, sni- they're turning Skype into, like, Snapchat-like stories and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, God. That's really weird. I don't know. I haven't launched yeah. Skype since, like, the last time we used it to podcast. Oh, that's not the true. The last time I've... we tried to use it to podcast. Yeah. It's... it's uh... I'm glad we switched to Discord. Um, a new so do, do we want to talk any more about that or just be like ads? I guess we can talk about what the co-streaming is. So basically, um, when you're streaming using this, multiple people can be in the same stream. So someone can join the stream channel and then see my screen, yeah. uh, Bucky's screen, Travis's screen, like just see everyone's yeah individual so we would, like, screens each on one. Stream our feed to one stream yeah and it'd, it'd be like it, to the people watching it looked like old 
split four player split screen co-op games <laughs> yeah yeah it pretty much looked just like that um and but maybe it'll have an option where you can enlarge individual screens like if they want to just watch me they could yeah, just enlarge that cool. one um i'd be willing to give that a shot at some point yeah i'd, I'd want to try if it my out. my internet can support it i don't know yeah my my upload isn't what it used to be but um i think i could probably do all right um, da, 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 da. hitbox uh, update in Rainbow Six. So apparently in Siege, the hitboxes used to basically just be the entire character model. Uh, that's the way that they handled that. But with the new cosmetic accessories and things, like with the headphones for like Jaeger, if you shot them in the headphones, it would be a headshot and kill them. So they, uh, as part of this maintenance thing they're doing right now, they're adjusting that to where like if you shoot them in the headphones, if it's like peeking around a corner, that's not going to be a kill shot. It's not going to be a headshot because they're they're So they're making the hitbox to be what the person is inside of the uniform. I think I think oh. well, all of them are going to be the same size. Basically everyone's going to share the same size hitbox, but it's going to be more specific to, so like some other characters who are smaller, aren't going to have like a smaller hitbox. I think it's all going to be the same, but now you can't shoot like, part of their knee pad that wouldn't actually be touching their body or their, the side of their headphone that's larger, you know? So people, cause people using those characters were automatically at a disadvantage because they're more vulnerable. Um, so right. they're fixing that. And I guess that's cool. That seems, I mean, it's pretty specific. Um, but I guess it was an issue, especially for the competitive scene. So I suppose it makes sense. No, that sounds a lot more fair to me in all honesty. Yeah. I like it. I haven't played the game in a while. I've had other things to distract me. So, um, I haven't kept up with it like I was. Um, rhyme, the game rhyme, uh, the developer tequila works said, yeah, we're going to remove the Denuvo DRM once the game gets cracked. Because a lot of people are complaining, saying that it affected frame rate, slowed it down, uh, just by the way Denuvo works. Uh, and they're holding true to that. It was cracked like five um, days after release, and they're going to yeah. be removing the DRM from it. That's not a new promise, though. Um, like, pretty much, I don't know if every developer, but like most developers I've seen with Denuvo have been removing it once it gets cracked. Mm. Yeah, because I think. They use Denuvo. It's basically like a. It's a not an if. It's a when. It's basically just to delay the cracking process. Yeah, but it's at five days now. It's getting to like why pay them range. <laughs> yeah, it's getting <laughs> faster. When Denuvo first came out, uh, it took a very long time to crack, like months and months. And then the and then people cracked that. And then the second iteration of Denuvo went back to it took months and months. But now people are finding a way around it even faster. So, I mean, for some people, that's that's their hobby. Like, cracking DRM is something they do for fun. It's like a challenge, and they enjoy doing it. And, I don't know, people get to pirate games as a result, I suppose. But it is cool that they remove it once it's cracked, because, I mean, at that point, why why bother? You know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're holding true to that, so that's good. Uh, Need for Speed Payback was announced. It looks like... It looks like the Need for Speed movie combined with like a Fast and the Furious movie in a game yeah. form, which I might actually play it 
because I like, I think I'm the only person who like Need for Speed the Run because it's just a very linear story based racing game. And I think my issue with racing games is I, I don't, I, I like them to be kind of arcadey. I like action in them. Like I really like the game Split Second. Um, I think I prefer them to be more cinematic and less sim because I'm not, I mean, I'm not super into to racing games. So I think I need something just to pull me in. But the same reason why I like when Need for Speed does things like this, I see. It's the same reason why other people hate when they do that, you know, because they don't want it to be as arcadey or story or. I don't know. I think it looks all right. I think it's fun. I'll probably play it. I'll probably pass. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge... Driving games really aren't my dig, so... The right. last Need for Speed I really got into was the Most Wanted that came out in like 2006-ish, maybe? Oh, yeah, I remember that one. It had the live-action cutscenes. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what year did that one come And it out? had drafting in it. Because they came out with the most wanted a few years ago, but that's not the one. Yeah, when I'm, and then they uh, rebooted as like just Need for Speed, and it had live action cutscenes, and that was I don't know a year or two ago. And now we got this one. I was pretty close with my guess. I was yeah. off by a year. It's around the same time as like Halo Two. I've been a little bit after that, yeah. Um, but like the. Need for Speed Underground, Need for Speed Underground 2, and Most Wanted all came out like in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were like prime Need for Speed. Everything since then I've been kind of Underground. About. That's what I was thinking. The Underground had the live action cutscenes. Well, so they all did, I think. Oh, okay. then, um, Carbon was the... I played through Carbon, but it was the... That was the last one, and that was kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. I got Hot Pursuit, uh, which was, I think, the the new Hot Pursuit, which is like the first one made since um, the Burnout people started making them. Criterion. Yeah, and that's my that's my thing is I don't like the feel of the new ones. They like I they feel too much like a Burnout game and not like a Need for Speed game. Say, I loved Burnout. I I just want well, another I, Burnout. I, I like the Burnout games when it's about wrecking, but when it's about racing, it just feels wonky to me. Hmm. Like it, it, I feel like I have like no control over where my car is supposed to be. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. And the last one, that Hot Pursuit, it was open world, wasn't it? I don't think Hot Pursuit was. It might have been. Maybe it was a different remember. one. There's... I didn't play much of it. Yeah, Hot Pursuit I... came out in 2010. I know that. I, I always I got it while I was in basic training. I always try them. And uh, some of them I like, some of them I don't like. So the, lately I've not been a fan of Need for Speed, other than the run. I like the run. Um, bu- 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 the new patch for Prey for PS4 uh, is causing frame rate issues. So there's that. Hmm. That just happened. When did that happen? Uh, last couple days. Okay. I really want to play Prey. I just don't know when I'll have the time to do it. Because I want to play it on PC, because it seems like the the shooting, like some of the enemies move really, really fast, and I want to be able to use a mouse to shoot them, because I don't want to try and do that shit with a controller. 
Yeah, Prey, everyone I know that's played it has absolutely loved it. So even though it's not space bounty hunting, which makes me kind of sad, um, I'm looking forward to eventually getting a chance to try it because they said it's basically uh, the first Bioshock's love child with System Shock. I, and that makes me happy. And I think it recently went down to $40 on PS4. At least Target had a sale, and then Amazon also reflected that price. I don't know if uh, it's still that right now, but I, I'm kind of waiting for it to be on a Steam sale, and then I think I'm going to pick it up. So that and Dishonored 2. I really want to play Dishonored 2, but I also want to play it on PC for the same reason. Because it's been on sale for PS4 for like $20. I just I, I want to play it on PC. So um, I don't blame you. Let's see. Uh, Battletech looks cool. Strategy, Mech Warrior game. Still kind of wish I'd uh, got in on its Kickstarter. Oh, Battletech? What were the yeah. rewards? They had a really, like, for like, they had like a $200 tier that has like a really sweet jacket that I wish I'd gotten. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, flight style jacket. And um, the way it works is, like, um, at one of the previous tiers, you pick, like, which of the houses you want to be a part of. Mm. And then they uh, give you patches with the jacket. Like, there are Velcro patches that go on, like, the jacket. So you have, like, the patches on it for your house. You can stuff. probably find one on eBay. And don't care that much. <laughs> I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm also kind of glad I didn't spend, like, $200 on it. But, man, yeah. I was like... Did they actually send out the jackets yet? Like, do they look? I don't as know good if they sent them out. Sent them out yet? Because I feel like a lot of that kind of stuff always, like the initial <clears> prototype, <throat> or whatever, always looks way better than the mass-produced versions. I mean, look at any uh, deluxe thing that came with a figure or a statue for video games. Most of the time, those things look like shit. It's kind of like when I get super disappointed with Metal Gear Solid Five's like hand thing, and I was like, "This is." garbage and i returned it so it's like i don't it's not worth the money but i don't know yeah, they, had, they had two versions of it a like gray and a black one hmm. here's the front of them and maybe where's the other picture okay i definitely like the black one more yeah i would have got the black one and then there's the back oh okay yeah that's pretty cool I don't know if I'd want to pay $200 to get that. I mean, it's $200 for that and a bunch of other stuff as well. So yeah, I wouldn't pay but, 200 for that jacket. It's not a $200 jacket. Go but you get other face. stuff like you get like uh, banners for your house that you can like hang up and things like that. Get the real but, spirit. Yeah. And you get the game, of course. Yeah, that too. Um, but I've always been a huge uh, Battletech uh, fan. So, we, so I'm looking forward to that game. I like uh, I occasionally like to dabble in some strategy stuff. So I'm and I, I'm I, I like Mech Warrior. So I, my only thing is I wish it was a uh, clan the clans instead of Inner Sphere because I've it's it's funny like I'm the guy who like in every game I play I'm always like the good guys except for BattleTech I'm pull, I always pull for the clans. Yeah. <laughs> Are they the bad guys, or is it like a kind of... Yeah, they're, they're essentially the bad guys. Mm. Are they bad they're, guys, um, or are they just the, the antagonists? No, no, they're... I mean, um, it depends... The thing is, they... Um, 
I read the books when I was younger, mm. and the first books I read were from the point of view of the clans. And so from those, they are the good guys. But from you know the Innisfear ones, they're the bad guys. Mm. But if you just step back and look at it, they're the bad guys. I mean, they're a warrior uh, group. Like basically, if you they use eugenics mm. to uh, breed, um, like the best warriors. If you don't make it as a best warrior, you're just like a third class citizen. Um, if you're um, a normally born person, which they call freeborn, you're even worse than that. Um, even if you become a warrior, you'll never be anything other than like tier F warrior, no matter how good you actually are. And so on and so forth. So like, and then um, the idea is like there was like a huge war in the inner sphere and like they had like a like police force slash army called the Star League that was supposed to like keep the peace. And like when they, when like this war broke out, they just said, you know what, fuck you guys, we're leaving. And then they basically like, they've been gone for hundreds of years, like just focusing on war. Like they split into clans, like their leader said, what, what we're going to do is we're splitting the clans and we're just going to fight each other to just like hone our skills. And then we're going to come back and invade. And so they've come back and they're in the invaders just going across conquering all these planets now. That makes me think of the Mandalores or Mandalorians. Yeah. It's kind of add add in um, selective breeding and things like that. Hmm. Genes, but there, there's a trilogy of books I really like, and like the I guess part of the reason why I guess I don't identify them as the bad guys is the protagonist in those books from the Inner Sphere. He basically throws all of their stuff to the wind, hmm. like. Um, like when they go through school, they go through trial, and like basically their trial is you fight one mech. You do it as a group, like you out there with like you and one other person from your group, and you eat. But you're you're out on the battlefield together, but you're fighting separate enemies. As long as no one crosses this line, your enemies come at you one at a time, and the more enemies you defeat before your mech is disabled, the higher rank you start out as a warrior. But if you cross that line, it turns into a free-for-all, and he decides he's just going to go ham and try to get, like, and the thing is, if you cross that line, you can start attacking your team, like, you're going to start attacking other people's mechs, and anyone you take out gets added to your count. Well, his sister takes him down to increase her rank, and mm. he doesn't become a warrior because he doesn't get any kills. <laughs> and, but, like, apparently someone who was, like, a, who knew their genetic father basically... Um, kills an entire group, like school group of those like freeborn kids because they're worthless and basically has him masquerade as one of them to become a warrior. And then like later on in the books, he decides that he like, he comes clean about who he is. And they're like, luckily their, their legal system is um, if you're guilty and you can beat a bunch of mechs, then you're a good enough warrior that we don't care. <laughs> so he gets out of that uh, by just being a, like he, he goes up against like absurd odds and like wins. What's the but, name of the series? It's um the Jade Falcon or Jade Phoenix trilogy. I'm gonna see if there's um audiobook <laughs> versions. It's old. It's really hard to like. It, I tried finding ebook copies. You, I had to find like a PDF. I don't even think they sell it. So, but they may. You may be able to find like an audiobook of it. Yeah, I'm gonna look into it. I'm I, I'm definitely very interested. And I've been looking for a new book. So, <clears throat> um, because I just finished. Uh, what was it? Oh, uh, Starship Troopers. Really oh, nice. good, by the way. The book. Very different from the movie. Very, very different. Um, Let's see. I think it's about it for news, other than, I guess, Take-Two buying Kerbal. 
which is cool. Bowl. Yeah, which I don't know. That just seemed odd to me. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Maybe there will be uh, little alien guys in the next GTA. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Kerwell's just running around. Yeah, who knows? Things get real wacky. Um, wacky kids. So, Bucky, what have you been playing? Okay, I've been playing quite a bit recently, whenever I've had time, and quite a bit on my PS Vita, as a matter of fact. Um, but I'm still playing near. Uh, I have beat the... I've got the first two actual endings. I've actually unlocked like eight or nine endings total. Because um, apparently failing to do some things also unlocks endings. Hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Um, still loving that. I'm on playthrough C and D right now. Uh, I got Persona 5, and I started that one, and I made it through the first palace, and it is probably my favorite persona game that i've played how so so you so it's good do you like the characters or oh i'm i'm loving it i am absolutely loving it um the the story is great the characters are better than some of the previous games but what really stands out is so the games are a big split between uh social simulator and dungeon crawler mm-hmm in the old games, the social simulator portions were really good, and then the dungeon crawler parts were, were good, but, you know, it was serviceable. Like, in Persona 3, you were there was one dungeon called Tartarus, and you were basically just going floor to floor to floor to floor to floor to floor. Um, and you had to make it to a certain floor by a certain date. In Persona 4, it was a little more interesting because each of the dungeons was themed based on the character you were trying to save. Mm -hmm. And that was a really neat aspect of it for that game. Well, this one, you have palaces. And it's not just dungeon crawling. There's uh, some stealth elements in it. You've got to scope out, because you're thieves. So you scope out the place first. You figure out where the treasure is. Then you have to, in the real world let the person know that you found their treasure and that you're going to steal their heart so that it materializes in the other world. And then you go back and you go to steal it. Um, But they added so much, like they really expanded on the dungeon crawling aspect of it to the point where it's just as fun, if not more fun than the social simulator portion. So it's very cool. How, Um, How are the dungeon environments? Because in four, they were like, Super plain. So PS2 now, game. So yeah. Well, no, no. Four, four was PS3. Mm-mm. Or no, no. It was four PS2 was and then four Vita. Was PS2. Yeah. I, I guess I've just been playing it on Vita, so that's yeah. I, that's the one I played. But the environments are the same. You know, just like the hallways are pretty empty corridors, and there's just like not a lot of detail. Yeah. So they're actual dungeons now. Okay. Like, I've only done one of them. They're called palaces. And it is legitimately a giant castle um, where each room is different. You know, you've got... You're making your way through a castle, and the enemies, instead of being shadows, are these guards. Um, However, whenever you get into a fight with one of the guards, they turn into a different kind of creature. And it's all explained in 
in the game why that is. Okay. Um, also, so each game you have your your spirit guide basically, and in Persona Three, uh, it was a dog for the longest time. In Persona Four, it's Teddy. Mm-hmm. You, you're Teddy for Persona Five. Is so much cooler. Morgana is that his name? Morgana, yeah. Or his, her. I think. I think people are and divided on the gender. People are very divided on the gender, and it, the game itself is divided on the gender. Because yeah. for whatever reason, the cat's name is Morgana, but everyone has their own code name. Because since you're thieves, you don't want to use your real names, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you're in the dungeons, so Morgana's code name is Mona. Okay. Uh, either way, Mona is awesome. Um, <laughs> it's really cool the way it handles everything. The cutscenes are amazing. Music is great. It's the voice the, acting. The voice acting's okay. It's okay. serviceable. Um, some characters are definitely a lot better than others. Hmm. But I prefer to play it in English so that I don't have to keep reading the subtitles. Yeah. So that I, you know, I do the same. Can do other things. I, they added um, later where you could download the Japanese audio, though, if that's what you preferred, right? Yes. Yeah. So you have to download it as a separate little bit of DLC, but it's free, yeah. and you can get it as soon as you uh, install the game. Start the game. Okay. Um, so I've been playing that. Love it. Uh, In fact, I've set up my Vita so that I can remote play, so that I can play Persona 5 in bed. Oh, how are you liking that? Is it working working well? It works fantastic for Persona 5. Hmm. I think it would probably work pretty well for Ratchet & Clank, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Well, I'm not... So there is a very slight delay in Uh, button input to what you see on the screen, but in Persona 5, it doesn't really... It's not enough that I notice it. Because it's turn-based. Yeah, it's turn-based, plus you're doing the social simulator stuff, too, and I just don't really notice it, but I wouldn't be able to play, like, near. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Persona 5, absolutely great. Uh, I've also... I'm still playing through Persona 4 on my Vita because I realized I never beat it. Oh. Um, and I got... A 2D Dark Souls game on the Vita called Salt and Sanctuary. Hmm. And that's pretty much eaten up all of my free time when I've had a few moments uh, in the past week or so. Yeah, very, know. very cool if you're a Souls fan. I really want to play Persona 5, but I'm I'm pretty much waiting till I beat uh, Final Fantasy 15. I'm trying to get all these like really long games out of the way. And then it'll be the next RPG. Actually, I'll, it'll after fifteen, I'll probably start Yakuza Zero, and then after that, I'll probably start Persona Five as like my long term games. And then I have like shorter ones that I kind of play in the in between. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I need to beat fifteen as well. I kind of stopped playing that and Neo whenever Nier came out. I stopped when I got Horizon because I got Horizon on GameFly, so I wanted to beat it. You know, so I could send it back and cancel my account because I, I did GameFly. They had a thing where I could restart my subscription for a dollar, 
So that was the first month. And then if you go to cancel your account, it'll to try and keep you around, it'll be like, oh, well, we'll give you half off your second month. So I did that. So basically I got to play and beat Horizon for $8. Nice. Totally. Oh, well, that's a good segue. So what have you been playing, Colin? Um, I was playing a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn. It took me about a month and a half to beat it. Uh, I was, I, but when I was traveling, I was gone with work, I would just play a couple hours every night after I got off. Um, it's great, man. It it does have explanations for everything. It explains why the robots are animals. It expl- like you, you get those answers. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm just like if you were like it, it's, I guess it's less weird when you know the full story and picture behind what happened. Like it it does a really good. It's really good with its bookends. Like it closes. It answers every question by the end of the game. You normally, like, there's nothing after you beat it where you're like, I need to look this up or figure this out. It kind of, it does it without beating you over the head too much. Uh, And there's a lot of things that you can pick up and read and listen to throughout the game, which give you a lot more context. Uh, And I recommend if you're playing it, like, read that stuff. You're, it's, it's going to make things make a little more sense. Gameplay is pretty fun. Lots of cool weapons. Um... And every weapon comes with a quest. Every new weapon you get has a tutorial quest that you actually get experience for. I recommend doing them because it's going to teach you to get the full potential out of these new weapons and what enemies they're most effective with. And you get extra experience, so you level up and get more abilities quicker that way. Um, it's But it's nice to have that because otherwise you'd get this weapon and you'd be like, oh, well, I don't re- really need to use this. These other weapons work better. But for certain enemies, it's it's nice to switch it up. But you'll be constantly swapping between weapons with different strategies with different enemies. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Graphically, it's gorgeous. If you have a PS4 Pro, I suggest putting it in performance mode. If you have a 4K TV, put it in the, the visual one. But... It looks great even in performance, and it runs at a pretty solid 60 frames for a lot of it. So it runs well, plays well. Um, the story gets better. Like it took me a little bit to get invested, but once I was, it like there was a point where I was like, "Oh, now I want to know more. I want to keep pers- progressing the story to learn." And and the side quests are kind of like Witcher three side quests. They they have substance to them. They're not just fetch quests. There are a couple kind of fetch quests, but a lot of the other ones have uh, some story to them, which is nice. They're not super meaty. Some of them are, but they're good. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a fun game. I, I don't agree with Greg that's the best game in the past 10 years, but it's definitely fun. Um, and it, you're, you should fight. <laughs> it's going to be a time sink, though, so be prepared for, you know... A 30, 30 plus hour game if you get Horizon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's it's on my radar, but I really need to finish up some stuff before I uh, get anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing that. Uh, once I beat that, I actually went back to playing the Ratchet and Clank, the PS4 one. Uh, it's fun. It's a, it's still a great Goodling game. Holds up, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I just got the like the Pixelizer gun. I think I've got all the guns now. And, I love the Ratchet and Clank games. They're just like fun. It, yeah, it's it's silly, simple fun, um, and I like it. It's kind of nice after coming sent from something like Horizon, where some of the combat can be more intense. 
uh, and there's strategy and the story's kind of heavy and bleak and going to Ratchet and Clank was just, it's what I needed after a game like Horizon. I need something that was a little like easier and just kind of playful and, um, and it was good. And I've, uh, I've been playing Battlegrounds. We've already talked quite a bit about that. And then I finally started Titanfall 2 that I bought like forever ago. Um, I started the single player and it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. It's, it's what I wanted. It's exactly what I want out of a Titanfall game. It, it controls really well. It's really fluid. It, it, uh, the, I think the story is decent. It's not too unlike something you'd find in Call of Duty, but it's, I think it's better. But it, it's a game where there's mechs that fight each other, and you can also fight on the ground and hop in your mech and do st- I don't know. It's just that's cool. I like it a lot. So I'm really enjoying Titanfall 2. I'm maybe, I don't know, like two hours in, but it's, I think it's only like a seven-hour game. So, uh, But I like the direction it's heading. I'm having fun. The boss fights are, are fun. It's not particularly challenging, but um, it's a good game. It's fast. I, I might try to beat it this weekend. I don't know if I'll have time, but I might. And uh, that's about it. That's all I've been playing. Travis, what are you beginning to? Um, the Elder Public. All Two. of them. Oh, okay. I um, started playing the MMO the other week. Uh, after May 4th, they had like a double experience like for a couple weeks. And mm. I decided to finally sit down and play through the story on a few characters. I basically got one of every major class. Mm. So four characters. I already had one. For both factions? To- no, no, I'm I'm just saying like one of like the like overarching classes, so four characters. I had one already, um up to um like in the above like fifty. Mm-hmm. I played through the main story on three of them and like I got to the point I didn't play through the whole original main story on all of them. I got through like chapters one and two and then I think three is the end of the original main story i only got through the uh full main story on one character and then i started getting to the point where they were talking about um revan and um the exile more and i decided that uh i'd played through kotor one before but i decided to go back it's been a long time mm-hmm. and play through it again like i'd started a playthrough like a while back but never went through it and i just sat down and over because i was out of school over a couple of days i just kind of like powered through it and i started kotor 2 I've been playing with the Sith Lords Restored mod, and I'm not fully impressed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't played with that mod, right, Colin? No, I, I did play with the mod. That's what I played You did with. play with the mod? Yeah. Okay. When you played, did it have, like, the droid factory where you have to go through with HK-47 by himself? Um, I think I somehow missed that part, or that part wasn't in. It wasn't voiced. I Like, I'd read about it, but I, I never did that part. It makes me wish I could just uninstall the Sith Lords restart, restored and not play through it. I don't, it's I so don't think I record, broken. I don't think I ever restored him HK. Oh, then you're lucky. Yeah. That's, I think I just, I didn't want to find the parts that you needed or something. Well, the thing is, I, think you, I, just you, never I didn't look for the parts. You just come across them. I think I just did because I must've missed them. You, Cause you keep getting ambushed by those droids and that's where the parts come from. Oh, those yeah. HK fifty droids that just show up on like every planet. Like mm-hmm. by the time I was done with the first planet, I had all the parts just from those guys ambushing me every time I turned around. I think no, I was able to bring him back, but I just talked to him. He could just talk, but I never had him as a party member. But um this place is so fucking broken. Yeah. Like it is not balanced at all. Like I I can't beat it. Like 
it's I'm cheating right now to try to get through it. Yeah, so that's, I mean, it wasn't supposed to be in the game, so I mean, it was, well, but they it, didn't put it in the original release because I guess they never balanced it, finished it, you know. Well, like um, that you keep coming up where you're HK forty seven by himself fighting three of those droids at a time, mm-hmm. and I have like one of the most powerful blaster rifles in the game for him. Like all these feats, I have like all this gear for him. This is before I started cheating, and like. If there's three of them, I go through an entire set of shields, like uh, five charges of shields to mm-hmm. take down those three guys. And then at the end, they throw you in a room with 12 of them shooting you at once. Thing- I, can't do any- I can't do anything because I can activate shields. By the, time I sh- by the time I'm done activating the shields, they're down again. So all I can do is just keep activating shields. So what did you what did you do to kind of get through there? I, I haven't beat it yet. I oh. can't. I don't know what I'm supposed to like. Can you like console god mode or anything? Maybe. I'm just right now. I'm just thinking about using like a save editor, just like crank his HP up to like a million and just waltz through there. Yeah, that's probably your best bet. I the one thing I do remember about Kotor too, because it's been a while since I played it. The opening to that game is so slow. That's why I never played through it. The um. I started it when it first came out, and I played through that opening, and I got, I probably played for like three hours, and just like fuck this game, and just never came back to it. Yeah, because that opening lasts for like eight or nine hours, and just like nothing meaning, like nothing meaningful happens for like it, nine hours in the asteroid like mining base. That thing, yeah, yeah, no, it's so incredibly slow that it. I almost, I almost stopped playing, but I was like, no, I'm gonna push through until the game opens up and see how I feel about it. But like all the outside stuff where you're walking really slow in a space suit and just like, no, it's, you can tell it's not a Bioware game. Their writing is just not very good. Like I could see, I can see the idea that they're going for. Like they're trying to make like a deeper, more philosophical game, mm-hmm. which when you're doing that, you kind of need to be subtle and everything they're doing is so heavy handed. And just I'm like, just like, come on. Like a little bit of subtlety would have gone miles, but they couldn't read the word if I wrote it on a piece of paper for them. Yeah. So you've been playing anything else, or just pretty much the the Star Wars stuff? Pretty much just those, and then like when I played Battlegrounds with you. Yeah. That's cool. about it. Has anyone else got anything, or got anything else? Uh nothing really. Um. I just got a 1080. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I, I actually haven't finished playing through the Witcher expansions. So Oh, nice. I'm, yeah. Get to crank that I'm up. Really, yeah, I, I just tested it out before the podcast um, because I was playing it at a pretty decent resolution and cranked up the high, but at 1440, the 970 just wasn't quite enough to hold a stable... Uh, frame rate oh man i cranked everything up and it looks gorgeous and it runs flawlessly so i'm actually super excited to dive back into those again yeah i still need to finish hearts of stone i haven't even touched blood and wine but i i'm going to it's on my list i just i don't know maybe also i have a different job and i'm home more uh another cool thing super hot just released the vive version so did you get it i I, that that is what i'm going to do this weekend did you if it's on steam did you play the original super hot 
I have not, and it's because I've been waiting for the VR version. Well, they're separate games. Are they? Okay. Yes. So, um, like, doing the VR one's not like playing the original in VR. It's a a separate, like, story kind of thing. And there's not, like, a whole lot of story to it anyway. But what I heard is someone, uh, one podcast I listened to, they did it VR, and then they were like, oh, now that I, like, they never played the original, they only did VR, and they're like, oh, well, now that I did VR, I don't, like, I can't imagine playing the original without that level of control. So I was going to say, if you want to play the original, I would say play it before you play the VR one, and I think it'll make you appreciate the VR one even more. But if you play the VR one first and try and play the original, I just think you're going to feel like the original, the original is going to feel nerfed to you. Um, but it's such a good game and okay. it's short. You can, you can really knock it out in like four hours and it's just stupid fun. It makes you feel like John Wick and I'm sure in like VR, it's going to be amazing. I really want to try that. Yeah, that's uh since I got the 1080, I'm going to start looking into uh, getting some more VR stuff because the 970 was not quite enough to push the VR headset. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why it kept making me sick. Well, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about uh, Super Hot VR. And it's not a graphically demanding game, so you should be able to get the high refresh rates that, that you need, um, when, especially with your 1080. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So by the next time, by the next podcast, I'll be able to weigh in on that. I'm pretty excited. Nice. What you doing with your old 970? You can make a Kate's computer with that? Yes. So technically I'm upgrading Kate's computer, but that means that I bought myself a new video card and I'm putting my old one in hers. Hey man, everyone wins. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, I guess that, that about wraps it up. So, uh, you can find us on Google play iTunes, uh, your favorite podcast, App, uh, just search Cool Domain on there and give us a subscribe. Also, you can find us on Facebook. You can also email us at cooldomainpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. Lasers. 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 Lasers.